What is a bigger need for the New England Patriots? A pass catcher or an H-back blocker? You have the questions. We've got the answers. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All of you Foxborough faithful, thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Don't forget that we are a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I am your host, Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. While you're out there showing some love to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. That's fans. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Pats fans, thank you for joining me here on this Monday episode. Special shout out, as always, to all of you Locked On everydayers out there. Hope you all had an amazing weekend. You make Locked On Patriots possible, so my unending appreciation to you. Honored and humbled, as always, by your support. And today on the pod, folks, our good friend, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com, drops by. He's going to help me open the Locked On Patriots mailbag. That's right, folks. It's hashtag Mailbag Monday. And we've got some great ones. The first question surrounds the Patriots' needs to trade for a receiver or a pass catcher. Do they need to do that, or are they going to stick with the status quo? Receivers continue to be a hot topic throughout the fan base, and we will tackle that one today for you. In addition, we also field a question on the Patriots' blocking game and who on the roster might be able to fill the role of H-back or an extra blocker slash offensive weapon. Usually it's a tight end, but it doesn't always have to be. Who might get the nod? We'll keep it here, folks, to find out. It's always a ton of fun when Murph drops by, and we all hope that you will join us on today's voyage. But before we open up the mailbag, OTA are underway in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. Players are arriving for the third phase of off-season workouts. And one of those who will not be among the players out there on the field this week and next is offensive guard Michael Awenu. Per a Sunday morning report from ESPN's Mike Reese, Mike's absence apparently stems from undergoing off-season surgery for a lingering ankle injury that he suffered last season. And not much else is known about the injury right now, except to say that the injury is not expected to sideline him indefinitely, but it's still unclear as to how much of the off-season Michael Awenu is going to miss. Now, the media is going to be present for the OTA session on Thursday, so keep a sharp eye and ear on Locked On Patriots for the very latest. You can bet that is going to be a subject that will come up. But bottom line, the Patriots on the field are definitely going to miss Big Mike. Since joining the Pats as a sixth-round draft choice, number 187 overall in 2022, Mike has been one of the Patriots' most durable offensive linemen. He played nearly every offensive snap for New England in 2022, until suffering that injury in the fourth quarter 
of the Pats' 35-23 season-ending loss to the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's defensive lineman, Daquan Jones, landed on the back of his legs. That took him out of the game, and it caused him to miss only his last six snaps of the season. Other than that, Michael Wainu was a true Iron Man. Owenu's rookie contract is set to expire at the end of the season, and a lot of people are wondering whether or not he's going to test the free agent waters. Uh, we can definitely guarantee that if he does, he'll command a hefty salary on the open market. So keep a sharp eye out there, folks, because the market for Michael Owenu could get interesting, but for right now, we just hope he's going to be okay and on the field, a massive lineman, excellent length. He's at his best when it's overwhelmed defenders in the run game and anchoring well to protect the passer. It's a very rare occasion when he's bypassed on a block or that he's easily beaten on a block. He was a highly touted right guard coming out of Michigan, and he did try his hand at right tackle and left guard during his two-plus years with the Pats so far. He's found his niche at his current position, much to the satisfaction of Bill Belichick. And Belichick said it last year when he saw the prowess that Michael Wainu brings to the table as a right guard, filling in for Shaq Mason, who did the position so well for so long here in New England. And he said, that's what we've tried to do since we've drafted him. That's where we'd like to play him. He's built to play guard. He's comfortable playing guard. He's got a really good skill set there. And he is. Pro Football Focus had him ranked as one of the highest rated guards in the league last year. Once again, and he continues to be a darling of PFF for good reason. Now, there were a lot of offensive line struggles last year. And I know a lot of you are not high on the offensive line production from 2022. But you can't necessarily put that on Michael Wayne's shoulders. If there was a bright spot last year, and there weren't many, I will give you that, Michael Wayne definitely was. A lot of people have thought that because he's so good, no matter where the Patriots have lined him in the past, that there might be a chance that they may move him back to offensive tackle. He played 600 snaps at right tackle during his rookie season, and he also played 276 at right tackle in 2021. So there is a strong sample size of Michael Wainu playing the tackle position, but I don't think they're going to move him. I'd be very surprised if they did. You got the additions of Riley Rafe, Calvin Anderson. Neither one of these are franchise-saving players, but they are going to give you solid play at that position. And I think Connor McDermott's going to get a chance. Most likely, I don't think you'll see Michael Wainu on the field during OTA. Minicamp might be up for discussion at this point, but ultimately, it wouldn't surprise me to see him sit out the remainder of the offseason program and then start fresh in training camp. Again, folks, that is just my opinion. That's not a report. That's not what I'm hearing. Patriots are once again being very tight-lipped here, so we're kind of going off of what we feel. But if that is indeed the case, then we certainly wish Mike a speedy recovery and hope everything continues to work out well. Pats fans, Murph is ready to join us in just a minute. And the mailbag, of course, is ready to be opened. We're ready to take your questions when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, folks, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. I know things are looking a little bit bleak right now in Boston, but green teamers show your green pride with FanDuel. There is no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. 
That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. Patriots fans, thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Don't forget, we are a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And again, all of you everydayers out there, make Locked On Patriots exactly what it is today and more. And folks, we've got a great week planned for you here on Locked On Patriots. Tons of coverage coming from Patriots OTAs, roster moves, speculation, anything you want to know about OTAs, you'll find it right here on Locked On Patriots. So be sure to stay locked in. And speaking of locked in, it is hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. It's also Mailbag Monday. And to join me to open up the Locked On Patriots mailbag, who else would I invite here on a Monday, folks? He's got his own hashtag, his own embroidered chair. There's nobody else we would even question about having here on Monday. He is the legend himself, Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com. Thank you for coming to me in friendship today, Don Murph. Always a pleasure, Michael. Always a pleasure. It wouldn't be Monday. It wouldn't be Monday. It would not be Monday, and that is what we're going to do here. The Locked On Patriots mailbag is open, and we're taking your questions. And, Murph, we had so much fun with this gentleman during Mock Draft Mondays and the draft season. He yep. is a true supporter. You want to talk about an everyday, or he is an every yeah, lifer yeah. here yeah. on Locked On Patriots. Uh, LJ, we absolutely adore you, my friend. Yeah. And so to return the favor and to show our appreciation for all of your support, LJ, we're going to ask one of your questions today. And if it's LJ, you know it's probably to do with wideouts. Murph, here it is <laughs> right there on the screen. Despite their lack of a true <laughs> one wide receiver, Will the Patriots go with what they have in 2023, or will they trade for one? And Murph, you know, this is probably the most maligned positional group on the team. I know a lot of people got on the uh, offensive line last year for their struggles. Uh, I know a lot of people were after Matt Patricia and the coaching staff, but there's still a lot of vitriol that's hurled at Patriots wide receivers because they don't have that prototypical guy that can take the top off the defense. Yep. Um, they may have that this year. We'll get into that in just a second. But they lost Jacoby Myers, uh, one of their more sure-handed wide receivers in free agency. But they replaced him with guys that can get yards after the catch, which is really right. the gem of what Bill O'Brien likes to do in his offense. Guys yep. like Juju Smith-Schuster. Something the Jacoby of the didn't rookies. give us. Exactly. Everybody, you know, very, we all love Jacoby. Point. He's a fantastic possession receiver. But, you know, the yak just really wasn't there. The separation yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. true. No, it's, and you absolutely make a great point. And no one is a bigger advocate or probably a bigger fan of Jacoby Myers than myself. I've no. been that uh, on here for Locked On Patriots for a number of months and years yeah. since he's been here. Mike, Mike has Jacoby Meyer uh, pajamas. I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. But Superman has Brandon Bolden pajamas. And we'll right. get into that on another day at another time uh, when the conversation is a bit more pertinent. But bottom line, today... We are talking about wide receivers, and the Patriots did get, I think, a couple of gems in the draft as well, guys that are very adept at getting yards yep. after the catch. Kayshawn Butte, more of the traditional outside receiver, and then you've got Demario Douglas potentially in the slot. But sprinkled in, they've got some guys that can take that mantra. Murph, when you look at this wide receiver core from top to bottom, who do you think could emerge as the top wideout 
before we get into whether or not you think they're going to add someone else here? Ooh, uh, that's 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 a really good question. I don't, you know, under Bill O'Brien and, you know, back in the days of time, there was no top wide receiver. There really wasn't. But, um, you know, if Devonta Parker can can stay healthy, you know, if Tyquan Thornton can uh, can take that next step here in a second year. But I, I at, at the end of the day, really, it, it's the person that everybody's trying to ship the hell out of here. And, and it's Kendrick Bourne. He's got the tools to do it. You know, yeah. other than that, you know, I think it's going to be spread the ball around, hit the open man, move the chains and get a little bit further downfield. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I might be short sighted on this, but I think Kendrick Bourne is the most talented guy on this team at yeah, the wide I receiver think- spot. Yeah, and you make a very good point about Kendrick Bourne. We actually talked a little bit about him on Friday when the subject came up. And one of the things that I think people are forgetting that Bourne is so good at or that he does have so much of in his repertoire is versatility. This is a kid that can create separation. He's not going to separate a la guys like Tyreek Hill or, you know, Justin Jefferson. He's not going to find that type of separation. But what he can do is run a crisp route when they need him to do it. But he can also find ways to get open and be effective in the slot. So if you want a guy that can be a perimeter threat, a slot threat, and someone that can get you the separation, but also shorthandedness at the point of catch, he can do it. Uh, And I think you're going to see that this year. I think one of the reasons why the Patriots wide receiver core did not live up to expectation last year is because they left Kendrick on the bench a lot more than they should have. Uh, you can go into all the conspiracy theories you want about why that yeah. was the case, folks. We've talked about it several times here. But bottom line, Kendrick Bourne needed to see the field more than he yep. did in 2022. And I think he will in 2023. Um, one guy that's always been intriguing to me, Murph, since the day he walked in here is Devontae Parker. Sure. Uh, his first season in New England, 47 passes, three of which went for touchdowns. Not necessarily the type of numbers you would expect from him. Devontae is not a guy that's going to create separation or give you yards after the catch. So I worry right. about that a little bit in a Bill O'Brien offense. But if you're talking someone that can catch at the point of attack and maybe get down the field to give you some yardage that way, I think he could be effective. What do you look for from Parker this year? Is, is it more of the same or do you think that he no, could blossom it, a little bit more under Bill? You know, there's more there. There's more to be had. There was a lot left on the field last year because at the point, yeah, I mean, when Parker was on the field last year, which has been the knock and what, you know, we heard from our friends down there in Miami is him staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, if this offensive line solidifies in a way that it didn't last year, you're going to see a lot more out of Devonta Parker this year than you did last. I'll, I'll guarantee that. Yeah, without question. And, you know, bottom line, when you have other receivers around you that are being productive and are, that are commanding the attention of opposing defenses, yep. it's going to make every aspect of what you do better, and it's going to make the players around you better. One of the big knocks that we heard on the Patriots last year is that they had no one on this team that team's game plan for right and I think that will be different this year and I think maybe a couple of the additions they've made maybe even a tight ended addition that they've made we talked about Mike Gusecki last week uh he could be someone that could be game planned for as well because of his versatility in pass catching uh one of the more prolific pass catchers I think on this option but Bottom line, LJ's question does have a second part, my friend, and that is whether or not the Patriots may look to remain status quo, or if you think they're still in the market for a wide receiver via trade. Specifically, I think LJ's talking about a number one or at least a number one caliber. Um, 
he did go on to say, and I do want to give him credit for this, LJ does believe the Patriots will use the status quo. He doesn't yeah. believe they're going to trade for a number one caliber. But Murph, when you look into your Belichickian crystal ball, do you see the Patriots still dipping into the wide receiver market at this late stage in the offseason? Sure. Antonio Brown's still out there. <laughs> Thank you very much, folks. Good night. We, we were closing up the mailbag. No, I'm kidding. Guys. <laughs> okay, this is it. What you see is what you get. Um, Bill is not going to go out there and trade for somebody. If somebody happens to get released and, you know, they, they're, you know, I don't know, for whatever reason, cap reasons or this, that, um, yeah, sure, that something could get added. But it, no, this this is the this is the crew that you're going to go into battle with. This is the crew that uh, Bill Belichick has given O'Brien um, to work with. And quite frankly, you know, we said it all last year. At least I said it, and I think Mike agreed with me on a lot of points. Is that this is a this is a good wide receiver crew? Okay, mm -hmm. you do not need to be great to uh, to succeed uh, in New England. What, what you need to be is fundamentally sound. What you need to be is, is uh, go out there every day and work your ass off. Uh, what, what you need to do is, is put the team before yourself. And where do you find a number one diva wide receiver that does that? Hmm. Okay. People keep bringing up past drafts and who the Patriots passed on for this, that, and the other thing. Any of those guys won a Super Bowl? Have any of them brought a Super Bowl trophy home for whatever um, number one uh, uh, quarterback, top 10 pick quarterback that, that has been there over the past few. No, they, they mm -hmm. haven't. You, you'd have to go back to Kansas City to find somebody with it, and they don't even have one right now. On the trade market, the Patriots weren't really considered to be very overly enthusiastic no. in their pursuit of DeAndre Hopkins, in their no. pursuit of Jerry Judy. Two guys that we saw the Patriots linked to very prominently when it came to offseason trade rumors. Again, these teams no have ring. asking prices. Yeah. And it's a situation where you're going to look at what these teams want. You're going to take a look at what the players want once they get here mm -hmm. and whether or not you can make it financially work. Because as our good friend Miguel has said several times, I mean, this the, the cap is not just a tool to be thrown right. against the wall. Despite of what you'll hear between the hours of 2 and 6 on some terrestrial radio, there is a definite cap implication look at, that has look to at the come price forward one day or another. In LA right now, right? Exactly. You know, you're talking about the mad genius and whether or not he's going to end up finishing out his contract there because they're in cap hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have no Without talent, question. they have no draft picks, and they're in cap hell. Mm. And it, it sooner or later it catches up with you. You can only kick a can so far. Yeah, without any question. And I would rather not kick it at all. I'd rather mm. kick it three inches. You know, work out something for this year and have. Twelve to fourteen million dollars extra next year. That's yeah. that's the way you do it. That's the way you build. That's the way you sustain. Mm -hmm. And and quite frankly, um, you know, just just stop me. We're never going to see what we saw over the past twenty years here. Mm. You know, all you want is good football and a chance. And Bill's yeah. building uh, a team that's going to give you a chance every yeah. single year. Yeah, that's true. And to acquire someone of that magnitude, you know, we're talking about right. the Judys of the world. We're talking about the Hopkins of the world. It does take give and take. And once again, it comes back to my point of these teams having asking prices and players having asking prices. A little over a month ago, Murph, I wrote about Austin Eckler and I wrote about mm. the possibility of him being pride free from the Los Angeles Chargers. And 
Yeah, I got some eyebrows raised. Some people accuse me of being a Los Angeles Chargers homer, which uh, emphatically yeah. I am not, folks. I did cover the Chargers, and I do have a lot of affection uh, for that organization. But at the same time, Eckler is a player I love to cover. He was very similar to guys like Adrian Phillips, guys like yep. Hunter Henry, guys I'd love to see in a Patriots uniform. And if you want to talk about pass catchers, this kid can come in and do it. He can be a pass catcher for you, independent of what he brings on the ground. 18 touchdowns last year, 1,637 total yards, yep. 107 receptions, and five of his touchdowns were caught passes that went for scores. So if you're talking someone that can come in and maybe be a pass catcher and give the Patriots a dual threat weapon, I'd yeah. love to see Austin Eckler here. But here's the problem with it, folks. And I think this goes back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, Murph, when it came to difficulties working things out with teams yep. and what the player is going to want. This one comes down to money. Austin is about to end the final season of a four-year, right. $24.5 million contract. He signed that in 2020. So if he hits the books in 2023 for six and a quarter million with a cap hit of 7.75, the Patriots can't accommodate that. They've got the room for it. But here's the problem. He's going to want a new deal from yep. his new team. And if the two seeds can come to an agreeable medium, yeah, then you can make things work. But at what he's looking for and what he needs to be paid in terms of the top echelon running backs and even receivers with his dual threat, it becomes a real problem for the Patriots to do that. That is the big reason why I believe they're going to stay status quo. That right. and the emergence of Kendrick Bourne into this offense, the rebirth of Kendrick Bourne into this offense right. tells me that the Patriots <clears throat> are going to roll the dice, take their chances with what they have in 2023. Right. And, and and when you look at Eckler, you know, you, you look at who else is here. James Robinson is here. Ty Montgomery, who never <laughs> who never really saw the field last year. We got to see what, what what's going to happen, what's going to mm -hmm. shake out there. Um, there's always Ricochet Rabbit, J.J. Taylor down there at the end. <laughs> Bill likes to freaking mix and match. And, and Eckler is somebody that that I feel needs a lot of time on the field. Somebody right. like a Ramondre Stevenson. So what are you doing there? Exactly. All right. And it's it's the money. It's the time. I don't think Austin Eckler is going anywhere. Yeah. I really don't. I think he's yeah, going to stay right so. where he is. They're going to figure it out. And, um, you know, once just like Mike said, it's the price you have to pay to bring the guy in here and then the price you have to pay to keep him. How often does Bill give second contracts to wide receivers? I mean, to uh, running backs anyway or wide receivers mm -hmm. uh, anyway? You know, there are positions that he feels that he can he can fill quite nicely in the draft and in through free agency to build depth there. Austin Eckler is not a depth kind of guy. Austin Eckler is, I don't want to say a bell cow back, but he is he's right there. And he's somebody that's got to see the field a lot of times. I would rather have Ramondre on the field for those those snaps. Yeah, and when you're looking at Just a Patriots me. fit, absolutely, and I agree with you. As dynamic as Austin can be, he yep. is a focal point of your offense. No matter what offense you run, right. you're going to want to run a majority of what you do through Austin Eckler. And because of that, and because of the and way sometimes the it's a detriment. Built, it's just not a fill. Yeah, it is sometimes. Sometimes is. when when a when a, a a back needs that kind of time and needs that mm -hmm. many touches, it's a detriment to your to your offense. And yeah, yeah. I I am wholeheartedly on that page. Ramondre Steven is not a de uh, detriment to this offense. He's 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 a plus. Yeah, without because he doesn't and he doesn't need those touches. Yeah, he's, he's on the field, but he doesn't need those touches to be the, be effective.
Yeah, and to bring it back full circle, you go, you look at the wide receivers on this roster, and you look at right. what they bring to the table, and then you look at guys like Hopkins and Judy, who do become your instant number one. You put either one of those guys on this roster, yep. folks, I am not denying that. They instantly become your number one, but then how do you tailor make the rest of the offense around them, and then how do you keep them in a Patriots uniform beyond 2023? If you're going right. to mortgage the, the present to pay for the future – you better be sure that that return on investment is going to give you something. And I think the Patriots looked at it this year and said, you know what, based on what we're seeing, based on what these guys can bring, and based on what we have in this locker room, again, I like our chances in this season. So I'm just, he wants to, uh, to uh, clone Stanley Morgan Sr. I, I'd mm. be happy to do it. Other <laughs> than that, you know, no, I'm done. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Should yeah, really, should really be, be in the, the Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame man. Yeah, folks, that's a conversation maybe for yeah. another day. Maybe we can yeah. get that one in here. We'll on get a panel. We'll Monday. get a panel together. Yeah, of, absolutely. You know, so somebody can explain to all of us why Stanley Morgan isn't in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Would at, would love, love, love to see it. But, Murph, we are not done yet with the, with the uh, Monday mailbag. LJ, no. we thank you for a great question, and it sparked a great conversation. Murph and I definitely going in-depth into that one, and that's what – the great thing about your questions here on Locked On Patriots. But Murph and I are actually going to talk a little bit of tight endage. We're going to talk a little bit of maybe running backs. We're also going to talk a little bit of offensive line. If we're combining all three of those folks, the term H-back is definitely possible to make a presence here on Locked On Patriots in just a moment. Murph and I will continue with the Monday Mailbag when this episode continues. Patriots fans, thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage here on Locked On Patriots. And joining me as always is the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, the legendary Thomas Murphy of E2GSports.com. Murph, the mailbag is wide open. It is hashtag Locked On Murph Monday. We're having a blast so far talking pass catchers. We even dropped a little Austin Eckler when I can talk a little Chargers. I'm always a happy guy. But we're going to talk about a subject that I think is polarizing for the New England fan base. And I think one of, dare I say, maybe the most misunderstood parts of what this team does on the field. Because yep. we hear these acronyms, we hear these terms an awful lot. And I think in a lot of ways it does it a disservice in terms of what their job is and how the Patriots like to deploy it. And that is the H-back, the tight end slash fullback role that is played here on the New England Patriots roster. And our good friend, a true longtime supporter of the show, one of the great supporters on Twitter and on YouTube as well, he is Warriors to Patriots, found at Rochester Pats on Twitter. And he yep. says, when the time comes, who is the best person to play the fullback or H-back role in the Patriots offense currently on their roster? And this one got me thinking an awful lot, Murph. And I think before we answer this question, let me just go ahead and clear up here, folks. If you're wondering what the H-back role is. Thank you. The H-back role is a hybrid between a tight end and a fullback. The H-back right. is used mostly to block, but it can also be used to catch passes. You can even see them carrying the ball out of the backfield from time to time. Think of maybe a little bit more of a sizable or active Jakob Johnson, yep. or really, if you want to go back to it, I think James Devlin fit yeah. this role James extremely perfect, well. You know? Yeah, they want to get a mix of skills between <clears throat> a tight end and a fullback. They'll line up outside of the offensive lineman. Uh, so, you know, you could find an old lineman that might play this role. We'll yeah. get into that in just a little yeah. bit. but. 
they're going to be a few steps off of the line of scrimmage. Right. They're going to serve as one of the four players in the backfield. I, I, I caught one pass in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, 10 points for anyone that can get video footage of that. We would love to play it here on Locked On Patriots. See Merck in action. Definitely freshman year against How Woodrow Wilson. Freshman year against Woodrow Wilson. And it was, it, was I, I, it went for 11 yards and a first down, and I was the toast of the town because it was the <laughs> first time we, we had beaten Woodrow Wilson in like 11 years. And I'd love to see it. I think we all would love to see it, folks. If you'd love to see it, <laughs> drop a hashtag Murph TD in the uh, comment section yep. below on YouTube or on Twitter, and uh, you know we'll do our best to make it happen. But no, it, we'll was, it, it was at an H back. I was I was yep. the, the the round guy who who ended up being the center. But at the time, I was a, I was a right tackle my freshman year, and and coach drew this play up, and then I got him a first. And down. he got him absolutely. <laughs> And folks, the legend was born from that day. Yep. And all right, so we'll stay in that vein, bud. Um, that being said, the Patriots do not have a primary H-back on this no. roster. Um, they do have players that can play this position. Sure. And, you know, as the Bill O'Brien offense, folks, expect to see the H-back alignment for at least a handful of plays this year. Right. Didn't but see it last lot. year, but it, it won't but be a lot. It, it's, it's not, not. going to be constant. I mean, you can go, you can go back to, to his last year's here. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of H-back work going on mm, at that time. Exactly. There, there really wasn't. And I'm not expecting to see it a lot this year. You'll see some jumbo packages out there and maybe mm. somebody will, uh, will, will come off and, and catch a pass there. But, but no, the, 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 the glory days of the H-back in New England are over. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you said that. And I think that's one of the big reasons why you did not see the New England Patriots fully address this role either in the draft or through free agency, because they could have gotten guys that could have come in here to play that effectively, that hybrid H-back, fullback type role. I know a couple of years ago, they did try to do that and bringing in guys like Dalton Keene. Um, yeah, I know yeah. that just that that just gave a little tingle up and down the spine of some of the, uh, the Patriots faithful out there. But that's why Dalton was brought in here. I'll be honest, if John o. Smith was going to be remaining on this roster, I think that would have been his role. I think the Patriots realized that this is a role that can be filled by other guys on this roster, and you don't need a specialist to fill it. That being said, my friend, of the guys on this roster, looking at the tight ends, the running backs, the wide receivers even, who do you see possibly playing this fullback H-back role when it's You needed? know, if if he can step up his blocking game, I really like Scotty Washington. We talked about it um him on Friday. He's somebody mm -hmm. that could that could definitely do this. He has the size and he has the skill. It's the willingness to get in there and hit and block. Mm -hmm. Uh he could do it. Um Lumpkin is another guy to mm -hmm. keep an eye on here in, in OTAs. He has the size and the ability to be able to do the same thing. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I like Washington myself. I actually yeah. do like Lumpkin the more I'm looking at him. There's a physicality mm. to the way he plays. There's a perseverance yep. in his attitude and a fight in him that does make for a good fullback H-back type role when you're looking at the tight ends. I do think that's where it has to come from because I'm not seeing it coming from the wideouts. I'm not seeing it coming from the running backs. Uh, Kevin Harris has a physical running style, but I don't see him with the size to be able to pull right. it off. No. Um, Ty Montgomery, it's not who he is, folks. I don't know if you're going to see him maybe be a hybrid third down type back. Right. We saw Ivan Fears talk about that over the weekend. If Ivan speaks, I'm listening. He's like the E.F. Yeah, Hutton of that right. area. So oh, that's oh someone God. that you want to listen to. You know, but how would same... you like to live next door to that man? If I would, yeah. I would you'd just be sitting there 
like uh, Wilson and uh, and Tim Turner's t- talking over the fence constantly. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if, if the Patriots, yeah, if the Patriots really wanted to go back in this in this direction, they would have had a lot of uh, opportunity this past off season and in the draft to bring in somebody, you know, like a Hunter uh, Lupke. Am I pronouncing that right? Hunter Lupke, yes. the North Dakota yep. state kid, Derek Paris, Jack Colito mm-hmm. uh, yeah. out of Oregon state. You know, those, those mm-hmm. were guys that were available and the Patriots could have grabbed late in the draft. They didn't. Right. So with that, there's either gotta be somebody here that Bill, Bill, Bill and Bill really, the, yeah, the law firm of Bill and Bill <laughs> uh, would already really like so they're just not going to use it and and like mike said at the top it may be a handful of plays this entire season but no i i don't see him going back to to the glory days yeah i don't see them going back to the glory days either i think those days have passed i think the way that bill is going to navigate this offense bill o'brien meaning um is going to be through the wideouts and the pass catching right. tight ends and you're going to see the running backs be a solid complement to that and i think big years for ramondre stevenson Huge. potentially James Robinson, and I think you're going to see an increase in Pierre Strong and maybe right. even Karen Harris sprinkle in there as well. And Ty is kind of a wild card right now. If he looks yep. really good coming out of OTA and minicamp, folks, those training camp battles are going to be very, very interesting to watch. So keep an eye on that. But uh, I agree with you. I think that's where it's going to come from. Uh, the one question that we do get an awful lot of, Murph, and this gives us an opportunity to kind of, I think, close things out here by talking about those big round individuals that you like so much, and that's offensive linemen. <laughs> there is a difference, folks, with an H-back and a jumbo tight end. And, right. Um, I hear a Wayne's name an awful lot. I'll just put him out there as a pass catcher. They did it in 2021. Yeah, they did. Uh, when yeah. you run the three, four tight end sets, those yep. are the heavy or the jumbo packages. It's what you hear a lot of the announcers or guys like us talk about. Um, they're usually put into blocking so short smart. yardage. <laughs> well, Murph is. I don't know about me, but uh, the short yardage situation is where you're going to guys do it. Right here. I have crib <laughs> notes, people. I'm not brilliant. <laughs> the jury is still out on that one, folks. I happen to think he is, but you know what? Conversation for another day. Is Murph brilliant? The next question that we'll bring up here on Locked On Patriots Monday Mailbag. Not kidding. Um, but bottom line, uh, you know, to me, when it comes to the the, the jumbo tight end as opposed to the H back folks, if you're right. going to think difference and you want to know what the difference really is, think average size tight end or larger. That's a jumbo tight end. That's an go. offensive lineman. Average size tight end or smaller. That's an H back or a fullback. Similar, but. The H-back or the fullback can be used more as an offensive weapon. Really, the jumbo is mostly used as a decoy, unless you're Mike Brable and you're just absolutely yep. unbelievable at catching touchdowns. But <laughs> bottom line, folks, yeah, when that happens, you have to notify the referee you're eligible as a like receiver. Six, six receptions and they're all for touchdowns or something mm-hmm. like that. Unbelievable. Yep. Imagine it all started with him and Drew Bledsoe yeah. fooling around one day before yep. practice, and it kind of blossomed into that, and Charlie yep. Weiss caught on to it. And, uh, you know, we'll be inducting Mike uh, into the uh, Patriots Hall of Fame uh, in the coming weeks in uh, Foxborough. So that's going to be a fun one. But bottom line, folks, that's really the difference there. If you're thinking an offensive lineman is going to take on this role, it's not the role yep. of a lineman, especially the one of a size of Michael Wayne. Now, I do believe you'll see him in jumbo tight end packages yeah. this year. I just don't, you know, don't don't conjure up the image that a larger size tight end could play the H back effectively. I think the only guy that would have been able to do that who is not named Rob Gronkowski uh, would probably have been Merce Guy Darnell Washington if the Patriots had brought him in. 
<laughs> such is Murph. I didn't I didn't mean to end on such a sour note, my friend. I know. Uh, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. I didn't mention Deuce Vaughn though. I no, you didn't. Thank you. Until just then. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go weep in my in my bedroom now. All right. So that's a Brandon Bolden mention. That's a Darnell Washington mention, and yes. that is a Deuce Vaughn mention. Yep. I will be flying solo here next Monday and probably for the next few weeks while Murph tries to forgive me for all that. No, I'm kidding. I am kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my friend. That's okay. That's all right. Well, but, I have a doctor. It, make it dreamy. So disrespect. There's some great questions this week, folks. There really were. And it was hard to, to whittle them down. So please keep them coming in. Uh, keep our, our, our DMs filled, our, our Twitter lines filled, because we really enjoy this. And we wish we had, you know, another half hour to go over the rest of them. Without question. Absolutely, folks. The questions that come in from Mailbag Monday are really, really insightful. Uh, they're uh, thought-provoking, and in a lot of ways, they're entertaining, and they allow us to be able to torture Murph a little bit, which we love here on Lockdown Patriots, but it also uh, allows us to interact with you. So please right. keep them coming. We're going to continue this on through OTA, through minicamp, through training camp. Uh, it's a great opportunity for all of you to uh, get involved and keep Mondays interactive here on Lockdown Patriots, and we love to do that. But most of all, on Monday, I'm always honored and always privileged to welcome my good friend, the Count of Murphy Fisto, in each and every Monday to talk Patriots football and to be able to absorb his wisdom and counsel the way only he can lend it. But before we take our leave for the crowd today, please let everyone know where they can find you, absorb all of your great work, whether it be pen to paper or voice to microphone from Thomas Murphy. Yeah, you can catch me at e2gsports.com. You can find me on the Bird app, Mark Schofield credit, uh, at tmurf207. <clears throat> and of course, you know, tomorrow we're back with one Patriots place. Classy Claire's off the IL. She's off the DL. She's back in her chair. And we're bringing you Phil A. Perry tomorrow from uh, Com uh, from NBC Sports uh, Boston. Great to hear about Classy Claire. We are definitely waiting so with anticipation uh, for her return here to Locked On Patriots. We've really mm. missed her the last couple of weeks, and we're definitely looking forward to getting her back on these airwaves. But most importantly, we want to see her get better. So, folks, stay tuned. Keep a sharp eye out to find out if Claire will be on this week. But in the meantime, definitely check out her on One Patriots Place with our good friend Murph. And, of course, you know, anytime you can snag a guest like Phil Perry, you know you're doing something right. One of the two great guys and one of the best in the business. But in the meantime, folks, please keep it here to Lockdown Patriots each and every day this week for OTA coverage and the very latest coming from Foxborough. Continue to stay safe and stay well and be the change that you wish to see in the world. On behalf of my good friend, the Count of Murphy Fisto himself, Thomas Murphy, I'm Mike DeBate. Have a great day. And we'll see you again right here tomorrow on Locked on Patriot.